All right. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in Three, two, one. Did someone say mystery and adventures? I think we did. That's all <laughs> my, we care about. That's my two favorite words, mysteries and adventures. So here we are. Welcome, everyone, to the world of mysteries and adventures with Amber and Jenna. We are your hosts, in case you didn't put two and two together. And today we are discussing everyone's favorite topic, relationships, love relationships, specifically, 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 how to nourish your partner's, your partner's flourishing. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're completely welcome. Um, okay. So before we get further into the juiciness of this amazing topic, uh, let's okay. Before we get into the juiciness of this amazing topic, let's discuss the best way to get a bright white smile naturally with our sponsors for this episode, Oral Essentials brand Lumineux. Was that a good Lum- French accent? Yeah, it was okay. Lumineux line by Oral Essentials contains specifically formulated mouthwash, toothpaste, and not non-toxic whitening strips for all of your dental needs. Like the non-toxic whitening strips is pretty cool. I know they you should see the ingredients in this brand. It's unbelievable. All my favorite things like essential oils and aloe and coconut oil, it just completely takes, they take the guesswork out for you. You can trust this brand. I'm obsessed with it. I use it okay. every single night. We're going to tell it. them more about it later. That's true. I know. I know. You can tell I'm excited. excited. You can tell I'm excited. excited. Okay. So uh, let's get into that later. For now, let's start with the definition. Yes. So this is my definition of nourishing your partner's flourishing. Nothing makes a better partner than an individual that is nourished and on their own unique soul mission. Sometimes in relationships, we get derailed by drama or trauma within our psychology, allowing neither partner to flourish on their true heart's path. To strengthen and sustain a lifelong partnership, however, it is crucial, I think, to support one another by holding each other to the standard of being our best selves in the world, which begs us to ask the question, How can we best encourage our partners to flourish and how can they nourish us in return? You know what I love about this? It's offering people the concept of putting a context over your relationship rather than just going and ticking all the boxes. Oh, okay. Now I need to find a husband and now we have a baby and now we have a house. It's a real intentional move forward with relationship. And I think that that sets a tone, that sets a mission and you, it's easy to operate intentionally within a context. So absolutely. And and also I just might add that like, I find when people are truly aligned in this way where they are life partners and they feel that connection with each other, oftentimes there is, um, uh, 
like a component of that where each one is nourishing each born to nourish each other on each other's specific hard path. And that's part of what makes a relationship sustainable for a lifelong. So um, it's like the potential is there, you know, it's like if we choose to open that package. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. I was thinking it might be fun for our buyers just to mention how long we've been married for, how many kids we have, and um, uh, out of one to 10, how it's going. <laughs> okay. And this is why when we say we, we just mean ourselves because there's no one else on this episode. That's true. That's that We're going deep today, just Jenna and I. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Jenna, hit it. <laughs> Wait, so um Bio. Like, what's the so Jenna okay. has been you fill in the blanks. Jenna has been married to Jesse for well, I think eight years this year, almost eight years. Jenna has exactly <laughs> two, 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 two children. I hope they're ex- exactly two. It might be like two point five. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh geez. Whoa, really? No, I mean no, I really? no, 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 no. Actually, that sounded completely wrong. When I meant two point five, I meant that each of my kids is like bigger than one, like one whole child. It's as if they're, they're like more than just one kid each, you know? She's got two individual humans, but they are the equivalent of four normal yes, humans that's energetically. What was, that's what I was trying to portray. <laughs> okay. Out of, out of 10, where are you standing on this topic in your relationship? Wait, so nourishing the flourishing. I think uh, I mean, it's not too bad, but it, it's not perfect. So maybe like a seven. Okay. Room for improvement. That's great. Yeah. How about you? Okay. So I'll, now you fill in the blanks. Okay. So here's Amber my has been married for five years, ex- five years. And Amber has exactly <laughs> one point nine, mm, nine, 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 nine children. Like is in 1.9, like I'm about to give birth in a week. Um, <laughs> and I would say that I am at about a, about an eight on this topic okay. with Carrie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good enough there. All right. Not that well, it's a competition okay. or anything, but just saying. No, I mean, I I was the, always the one who preferred the other person to win just because I didn't want to see the other person sad and I didn't care if I won or not. <laughs> what do you mean? Is that a dig? <laughs> At no. me? I want to see them no. win too. When no, they win, saying- I win. Well, you said it wasn't because you said you were at an eight and I was at a seven. And then you were like, sorry, not that it's a competition. And I was like, well, even if it is, I wouldn't care because I'd, I'd, I'd want you to be like in a, win- a winner, you know? I'm not going to – I don't want need you to be to a win. winner too. I, I don't have it within my psychology, the drive to win over others. Like I just don't care. I don't I don't have that. When I was a little kid, I used to cheat to lose because I just <laughs> didn't wa- – I, I literally like it gave me so much joy to see the other person win. Like I, I could see that Jenna, that was ob- objectively – best friend she is out for higher people this person will make you feel good no matter what like any shitty day you're having her day will be shittier trust me (laughs) that could be true okay let's get into it so how does this topic play out in your relationship jenna well it's pretty central i think to, uh, to my relationship um just 
we are, we're kind of in constant communication about like our true hearts path. And I feel like I was really the one to open that space up in my relationship because I think that Jesse, my husband, he was sort of more on the, you know, just more like traditionally masculine because of his upbringing and training and just more on that sort of like checklist of like you had mentioned, like just kind of like get the wife, get the, the, the kids, get the house. And I think that if it wasn't for me sort of quite, but he was a philosophy major at Berkeley. So that's clearly some open-mindedness. But I think if it wasn't for me, he would be a lot less likely to question like what truly is his hard path, like what truly makes him happy, and then to have the freedom to be able to pursue that. So I just try as a wife to to just constantly kind of hone in on like where his true passions lie, where that can contribute positively to the earth and society at this time, and then just encouraging him and and giving him confidence within himself to to go for that. You know, he, he, yeah. And do you think Jesse is on his heart's path? I think he is, you know, Jesse being the spirit animal of the turtle, it's, it's very, he's on a, this sort of like slow paced, like very sturdy, solid, steady path, you know? And, um, so I'd say like, you know, he's, he, where he is in his career right now is awesome, but it's not like, you know, he has to hustle a lot. You know, he's a lawyer. He has to like crank out law work all the time. And that's a lot of work and a lot of stress. So, um, So I think that he wouldn't, that's not like that kind of cranking and hustling isn't really his hard path, you know, but I think he's establishing connections and certain um, life experiences, which is like a prerequisite for him to like fully come into his hard path. So I think that he consciously looks at it that way. And are you on your life path, your soul mission? Well, for me, it's so, so hard for me not to be on my soul mission, you know, like I'm on, I would describe myself as a delicate flower and that needs to be under certain conditions to thrive. And if I'm not under those conditions, like I start to wilt and die like pretty like quickly. And so I think for me, when I've been off my heart path for different reasons, I definitely begin to wilt and die. And what that looks like is me like literally crying every single day, like just crying all the time. Panic attacks, just, yeah, anxiety through the roof, self-medicating, you know, um, stuff like that. But you are on your soul mission. I feel like this podcast is a massive kind of channel of your soul mission. And yeah, I, I do. You're, you're ticking some major soul mission boxes right now. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, of course there's still more to do, but, um, I'm, I think that I think I am on my soul path for sure. And does Jesse support you on your soul mission? He didn't for a while, but he has definitely come around to it, you know, and I think he's going to more and more increasingly. Okay. I hope. Go Jesse. And how about, how about you? Same questions. Yeah. Or was there anything else you wanted to know? No, well, just to to reflect on that point, which was one of my points I wanted to discuss. When we want to, when we want to be supported on our soul mission, the best way is to give that to our partners. And I feel like the more you hold that space for Jesse of making it easy for him to pursue his soul mission, which looks like not adding drama, distractions, extra issues to the relationship, but rather just looking after your own self 
in a way where you're, you know, you're doing the self-work. That means you have more space to support him. And when he feels supported, seen, encouraged, he will then reciprocate that, whether it be a subconscious kind of energetic exchange or a very conscious, like, oh, Jenna gave me space to pursue what I'm here to do in the world and I'm going to give her space. Mm -hmm. So I love that concept of mirroring and a lot of people – I don't, I don't want to generalize once again, but it seems just looking around, taking a tally of my, um, of the women I know, it's a very natural, intuitive aspect of the woman to be supporting the men and encouraging them and being their cheerleader. And it comes very naturally. And a lot of the time they don't feel that's reciprocated, but I think that it's a combination of just being that you, what you want to receive and also consciously communicating around what your soul mission is to your partner and asking them what theirs is and then coming up with a bit of a game plan and requesting what you need from them in order to feel supported and nourished in your soul mission. And within that context of of um, conscious communication, there's kindness, which I think is... Sorry, there's what? I couldn't hear if you said kindness or tiredness or what? (laughs) (laughs) Both, really. No. Um, Kindness. So I think kindness is the gateway to the heart. And the heart is where all those answers lie of what I'm meant to be doing with my life, how is that going to serve humanity? Or, you know, the, the questions you may ask yourself may not even be that big. It just may be, what am I designed to contribute? Like, well, what am I designed to do on earth? And I think that kindness is often lost in relationships, long-term relationships. We get into this habitual flow of discussing the house and the kids and X, Y, Z and just surviving in that crazy matrix world of the hustle and blah, 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 that a lot of the time we forget that kindness is kind of the magic source to open up and feel fully seen, fully loved, feel that lightness in life. And I personally think that's where the answers that we're seeking today live. So Mm -hmm. Think there, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in all that um, that you said. I think one thing that really struck me that was really interesting was about how your girlfriends uh, don't feel seen and heard by their husbands, but yet they find it really easy to provide that for them. And I think it's so interesting because that's such a crux. Like that even statement is a, such a crux of a bigger issue. That's like if you that microscopes out to just being such a huge issue, which is like again the return of the divine feminine, the return of the female wisdom, the fall of the patriarchy. You know, it's like, and part of the reason why men are unable to support their women. It's like they're not trained by society to to know about the wisdom of the heart, to get into the wisdom of the heart because that's like the female intelligence, you know, and, and we've said it so many times before, but just in like the common way of a boy being told don't cry, man up, those are the ways that the heart portal closes, you know? So we have all these men in the world right now in general, generally speaking, who are close to the heart. They're, they're thinking from the linear mind. And I think, um, to be able to support someone's heart path, like that's a very heart-based understanding. Like a lot of times the heart path will not be the same as the linear mental path. You know, the linear mental path is going to tell you like, make more money, be a lawyer, get that MBA, like, um, you know, live in 
Pacific Palisades. I don't know. But like just trying to, that's like the linear sort of just like trying to accomplish mm-hmm. things. And that's so, so we're just, we're shifting that is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. And I also want to mention that a lot of the women who are in that those circumstances where they're giving, 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 and don't feel as though the men are capable of supporting their soul mission. I, most of those women haven't requested what they need and what they want and what their soul mission is and are not holding a standard where the men are expected to meet them. There's a lot of underlying sense of, well, you go out and earn the bacon. So I'm just yeah. going to kind of like keep the house tidy and let you do what you want. Yeah. And da, da, da. and I suffer from that big time. Yeah. I so really struggle you're with that, enabling you know? the men in my perspective to a degree to continue just kind of not giving you what you need as well. So that's once again, context, context of relationship. And if you sit down with your partner and say, okay, we're married. This is the reason why we're married. I want to support you in being the best version and having the healthiest, happiest life ever. And I want you to support me. And this is what I need from you. And what do you need from me? And then once you have that very transparent conversation, you can put systems in place to on the day be um, nourishing that within each other. But you can't just expect them to know it or to do it because you're doing it. Totally. And I also think though, it's very, very hard. Like one of the deepest points there is like, the woman knowing what she needs, you know, because even for me, like in my, it can be very subtle because, you know, we're taught like gratitude, 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 especially in these sort of expanded spiritual circles. And like, for me, like sometimes um, I'm so grateful for what I have and I'm so focused on the gratitude aspect that I don't voice what I need deeper than that because I'm just so focused on the gratitude. It's like, I don't want to be selfish. I don't need more, you know? Well, maybe you don't and need so more I in think, that moment. And that's great. Well, I mean, no, but, but like I, but what I'm, what I'm figuring out is like for me with certain like health things that are coming up and when I'm getting down to the root of these health things, it's that I am not standing up for what I need. I am not requesting what I need, but it's such a subtle thing because I mean, like on one sense I am, but on this other, like whole other sense, I'm like subtly not for all of these like reasons. So I think it's very, it's a tricky thing to know what you need and you could not so easily. You know what I mean? Well, that brings me down to what I think has, is the absolute foundational aspect of this conversation, which is doing, taking the responsibility to understand yourself and to heal your own blockages within your own life. So you're not bringing that into the relationship. You're clearer about your soul mission. You're clearer about how your partner can support that. And you're also not bringing in any, as you said in the beginning, drama or trauma and psychological, emotional issues that are going to end up being distractions for both of you um, away from your soul mission and away from enjoying the lightness of love and really having fun with life. So I think that it all starts with taking responsibility for your own self and being as clean of a vessel as possible when you're in relationships so you can really enjoy each other. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, speaking of being a clean vessel, this might be a good time to talk about, um, you know, Luminu by Oral Essentials, because that is one way that you could definitely clean your vessel. <laughs> that is true. When I'm obsessed with this brand, you could clean all your vessels if you really wanted to, but we're not promoting that. We're just specifically talking about the teeth. <laughs> when I tried this line of tooth care, I could not believe how light and refreshing yet effective it was. It tastes natural because the ingredients are unbelievable. I listed them off when I was so excited in the beginning of this episode. And I realized that they've just taken the guest work out of it for me. They're all high vibe, high quality, natural, but really works. And also like riding that line between being natural, but really being a performance driven product that gives you like that visual of like the, the whiter teeth that you think you could only get from the harsh chemicals. But to be able to get that from the natural sources is just like, whoa, mind blowing. And, um, you know, when I first tried the toothpaste and mouthwash, it was such a mild minty flavor. It's again, that mildness, but also just really works and really refreshes. Um, so I love this line. I love this line too. And the I'm really in love with the mouthwash. So refreshing, as you said, it gives me this energetic buzz. And I feel like it's the peppermint oil and all of the natural uplifting ingredients. It doesn't just leave you with fresh, you mint breath. It really just affects you on an energetic level. So Luminu by Oral Essentials is legitimately an incredible, incredible oral care brand. I would, I would recommend to anyone, the people I love most. Ab absolutely. Get that enamel safe whitening in just some easy steps. Can't go wrong. Cannot go wrong there. So I've got some other points that I wanted to mention that work for me personally in keeping Kerry nourished on his soul mission. I mentioned uh -huh. kindness. Yeah. Um, another thing is really creating the space in our days to sit down and ask him, Hey, how are you? How was your day? What's going on? And to just intuit what he needs to create a sense of balance in his life. Because, you know, so often he's out there slugging in the zone, in the warrior mindset, comes home, wants to decompress, roll over, go to bed, and then do it all again and just survive. And as his wife, I feel like it's, I, I know him so deeply, I can easily catch his blind spots. So if I can see him on this insane, stressful kind of mission, I can say, hey, Care, I'm noticing you're, you know, kind of wiltering away. I need to keep the fridge stocked and beautiful meals on the table when he gets home that are nourishing and that are medicine. I'll force him to go out and get a massage once a week. I'll make it easy for him to get balance and nourishment when I can see that he's just not in that headspace to be able to take that on. Hold on. I have to interject because I think it's so interesting that you had just said for the women, you know, uh, to request, request what you need, request what you need. But it's like for the men, it's like, it's like they're, they don't have to request. We're just going to have the intuition. We're going to see what they need. We're going to fulfill that need without them requesting it. They don't even know what they need to, to request it, but I'm going to like go four steps ahead and like figure out what they need and then provide it. I'm the same way with Jesse, like exactly the same, but that's not how he it's thinks also, about me. But it, it's also I mean? circumstantial because if say we're not talking about wife and husband. So we're talking about wife and wife. And one of the wives are out busting their balls all day. And the other one is the home caretaker. 
the role would be feminine masculine still because that kind of creates balance in this world that's divine union regardless of what sex you're born so i would say like circumstantially we have more space to focus on being caretakers of the home of the children of the men and they have kind of tunnel vision in being the warriors and the hunters gatherers and going out there and achieving balance that way in our lives. So I think it's whoever's in that role. And there are some men who are stay at home dads. I'm, I've just got Valentine to this incredible school. <laughs> that is Carrie's dream too. The amount Let's make it of days he, com- make it oh, yeah. he comes home and he's like, Oh, what's it like to just like, have the bills paid like what's that like (laughs) i mean make it happen for them yeah i know uh i'm i'm busting balls too but it's not in the whole you know nine to five situation but trust me i am pulling in my end of the bargain too as we all are um so yeah i think it's just a matter of understanding the current circumstances and what creates balance and it's not necessarily about a whole feminism thing of men have to request. I mean, men have to nourish us as much as we're nourishing them. They do, but it may look differently. Because I know that Kerry's love language is acts of service. And so part of the way he looks after me and shows his love to me is to go out there and to supply for our family. And I understand his love language, which is physical touch and I make sure, and also just being like cared for. So I make sure all those elements that he doesn't have time for are met. So he's as he's in balance as much as possible. So that's just nice. Lucky carry. Yeah. Lucky carry. Um, and then obviously I mentioned kindness, like attention to your tone, words and statements of love rituals. We try to do a date night each week. Doesn't always happening. Doesn't always happen. But we also have a gratitude journal that we're filling out right now every night before bed. Just some quiet time to get in that heart space. And as I said, ask questions, really have quality time with each other. And um, yeah, that's kind of all my points on how I intentionally cut, try and nourish him and what lights him up in the world. But at the same time, you can't force someone to be inspired. So I think that the smartest way as partners is to open, create a calm, nourishing space in the home and to create balance, help them construct balance in their life so they can come in. And then you just ask a question. So what's lighting you up right now? What does your heart feel called to do? And if they're like, I really want to do comedy or I just wish I could do flip houses and leave this corporate job, you go, okay, cool. So what's it going to take to start dabbling in that to see if that's a possibility and we can transition into that? And an interesting, you know, thing at that point too is like when you have one person that's the breadwinner or the provider and they want to dabble in something such as like comedy or something that we're they're now not may not be breadwinning as much bread as before. It's interesting the wife's role because I've actually seen marriages completely fall apart over the fact that like the wife can't give up the material, you know, like that the money that she's been used to. And so like can't support the husband in truly following his heart path. And it's, it's interesting, like that juncture as well. Well, that's where the inner work comes in. 
that's where if you really make that your priority and the baseline of where you're operating from and what the context of your relationship is, I think that you have to take responsibility for your fears, your blockages, your pushing yourself into the discomfort of being the breadwinner and letting your husband have have a break or whatever it may be. So, but yeah, I I I can imagine that for some people that's a real a real fear. Like the men feel the pressure, and I think that's another. And the point. women are putting the pressure on them. That's what I mean. Cases. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they feel the pressure from the women. Like yeah, I need yeah. X Y Z to be happy, and if I'm not happy, you're not happy, and and yeah. I'm gonna make your life hell, kind of thing. And that's just that's not meant to be a life partnership because if your if your other half is gonna give you hell for following your heart, like that cannot that's can't work, you know. No. And speaking of things falling apart, how did kids change the game for you, Jenna? Oh, man. Um, let's see. I think obvious. it's sort of obvious, but I guess I'll state the obvious that like when you, before you have a kid, you have all of your time and energy to nourish your partner, you know, all of that love, care, time, energy goes into each other, you know? So when you have a kid and all of a sudden everyone's energy is on the kid and nobody's energy is on each other anymore, that can definitely cause a lack of nourishing. And it's sort of like how I've experienced it is like once the kid is out, it's just um, kind of like survival mode. And I'm not saying that it's supposed to be that way or it should be that way, but I'm just saying that's how I experienced it. Um, that it's sort of just you're surviving. You, like you're getting that extra onesie because so, there's like a poop on the other one and you're just like just running from one to the, th the next and you can't even like really plan or think. And so for, in that way, people could get really drained, you know, because they're not – a lot of times unless they're very intentional often are not caring for themselves, caring for each other. Things just kind of go crazy. So – that's a huge obstacle. Mm -hmm. Having a child is a huge obstacle for nourishing partnerships and nourishing each other in partnerships, you know? But I want to put a spit on that because I think that- yeah, please do. <laughs> I don't want to end on that note. No. <laughs> I think that kids have the potential to make or break your relationship. I think they come in and highlight what needs to be tightened up in your relationship. And it it's really an opportunity for- parts of the wife and the husband or the wife and the wife or the husband and the husband to be to come into themselves and to be blossomed like Kerry softened when he became a father he became less self-centered which allowed him to be a better husband to me and more loving and nurturing and for me sure those initial first months were absolutely insane but once we kind of climatized to the transition, I felt like I was, I was more selfless. I was more intuitive. I was more able to stretch into loving for the kid, loving him, managing way more than I thought I was capable of and probably wasn't capable of before I had kids. So I think mm -hmm. that, yeah, it can, it definitely throws off the dynamic, but I think that if you're intentional about it and have systems in place to once again support balance so you're not completely sleep deprived, you're not feeling resentful, you're not um, in a bad place within yourself 
your own relationship. I think that having kids has the potential to grow both partners into a better version of themselves, which ultimately looks like a better marriage, better relationship. I agree with that. Yeah. I really found that Carrie was quite relieved when we had Valentine because I had so much energy for him beforehand. He felt smothered and he felt like I was, I had too much time to notice what he could improve or what he should be doing differently or how, what we can work on our, in our relationship to make it perfect. That way a little bit. I don't know. I don't think he does anymore. Like, because well, I don't know, just based on some of his like, you know, cartoon emoji. I mean, he's things. a comic. <laughs> you have to see whoever's listening. I never get any jokes. I never get any jokes. You don't. I, do like I know. You're, yeah, he's, he's a bit of an enigma. He's like an Australian sense of humor, just dry as. But he that's his love language. It's, its you know, taking the piss out of me. So, Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I really think that um, having kids is going to change the dynamic, but it will also grow everyone into being more authentically themselves and problem solving skills get heightened and, you know, really get refined if you make it your intention. So mm-hmm. intention setting is so important. Don't you think in parenthood? Cause it could just, you could just so slip down the wrong path if you don't have the, the, the set intention. Yeah. You know, it's it, communication breakdowns are also really dangerous in a relationship. If some person is living on assumptions, like, they just assume that that person's not attracted to them anymore because they're not jumping their bones when really the case is they're so depressed or like stressed out at work that sexual activities is not on their radar. That person that is assuming that they're not attracted to them and is taking it personally will will start to move away and start to shut down and start to look elsewhere. It just kind of completely changes your trajectory. So I feel like communication, transparency, authenticity, kindness is the foundation as well as self-work of a beautiful context for your marriage and your relationship. So it's a slippery slope when you start to shut off from each other from taking things personally you got to catch Mm -hmm. that um and be each other's cheerleaders totally so jenna what is a soul mission for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about you're the expert on this well i'm no expert other than to tell you that like it's my belief that we come into this world with a mission and at least i feel that strongly and um, that we actually have an episode that we recorded about that with um, Zach from Channel the Sun. So that's a pretty interesting episode. We got to get that. We one also out have to you guys. an old one in from the early days called um, Heart's Path, right? Oh yeah, something about that. Yeah, so I'll look for that to put in the show notes as well. But yeah, I mean, I think we're at. And this is all my opinion, but um, I think we're at a time of massive consciousness shift in this on this planet. Um, and that for us to be alive at this time is no accident. And I think everybody is, you know, it's going to work out to be this divine plan where we're all going to come together with our individual talents and um, expertise to shift the paradigm. And so that is where the soul mission comes in for me, um, just sort of what everyone's place is in that. And it, it could just be 
that to be. You know what I mean? Your soul mission could just be to embody a certain frequency on this planet, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it's just people, what your purpose yeah, is. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get confused with trying to fit in a uh, a soul mission as a career choice. And I think that our episode with Richard Unger, the hand analysis. Yes, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, said it so eloquently. I wish I could remember it word for word, but yeah. it was basically yeah. your soul, your life purpose. The linear mind wants to fit it into a career and that's your life purpose, but it could really be being an inspirational officer being a leader in the spiritual world or being, and that can look any which way. It does not have to be about earning money and what you're doing. And he said, can you remember the example? He, yeah. He said, well, yeah, his example was from the lady who started MAD, which is Mothers Against Drunk Driving, how like she would never have chosen or wanted that soul mission because like that, her daughter died in a drunk driving accident. And then she was an activist around teen drinking and driving, right? So she would never have chosen her daughter to die, but like it did become her sole mission, you know? And that no, he also said that no matter how much we try, like if we knew what our sole mission was and we tried to aim for it, like it wouldn't even go right. It's a roundabout, it's a roundabout way that we actually come to that which we're meant to do. And sometimes for some people, they know right away and it's not so roundabout, but for most people, it will be roundabout. That's a fascinating episode. Everyone should listen to Life Purpose in the Palm of Your Hand. It, it, we, we released it recently and it's absolutely fascinating and it'll give you a deeper understanding on Soul Mission as well, what we're discussing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jenna, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about um, the importance of creativity for the male's spirit mission. I've got, so well, you got, we talked about that a little well, bit. Well, uh, I've got an extra point here, um, which is obviously the um, root chakra is where our that's also correlates to our it represents creativity that's where our creativity sits like in that womb area right so I have this concept that if someone isn't living their soul mission and their root chakra is kind of stifled then energetically there's a um, blockage. There's not flow, a circuitry flow between all your other elements of your being. And I think that's a really dangerous place for men to have a blockage because I've had some past relationships where any type of root chakra blockage looks like, um, how do I put this eloquently? Cheaters? <laughs> People who aren't in integrity with their sexual energy, which is the same as your creative energy. And I think that they're, they go hand in hand. If someone's being super creative and like flowing with that creative energy, that sexual energy is flowing, there's more health and balance in their relationship and they may not feel the need to express that and manifest that in like weird ways. And that's yeah, not and a that's truth. trauma and drama. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a truth. That's yeah. just a concept I'm playing with. But yeah, no, I, it's the I same that, energy. Yeah. Sexual energy and creative energy that sit in that root chakra are the same thing. So the kundalini energy is how I would what I would call it too. And you know, we have, we should do an entire episode on like on sexual energy and how like our society is just kind of holding us to standards which are not healthy or right oh, in, in my I opinion. I am so lit but, up on that topic. I've got yeah. young nieces 
And I've seen, like, I know some younger girls that are totally immersed in that culture surrounded by, you know, it's all about sexual allure and the selfies and how many likes you're getting and the popularity vote, but through sex, through like sex is selling. Well, and, how, and then how energetically, if you're just giving it away, like you're, you're giving that sacred energy, you're just slapping it all over Instagram. It's like, it's draining that from you, you know, that's draining you of your sexual, of, of your sexual power rather than like giving it to you. In yeah, my opinion. not just that, imagine what it's doing to a young girl's psychology around self-worth and imagine the limitations that places on someone around what their role is in the world, what the feminine is and how to express that and what power means. It's it's a really like We got to do that episode. We got to do an episode on that. Yeah. But okay, um, so I know we're almost going to wrap up. So is there anything so else you want to say on this you topic? You had a question here. Um what is the best example of a relationship that supports each other in flourishing oh, and nourishing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I had here as a little rebuttal, it's really hard to know the inner workings of someone else's relationship. Absolutely. But is there, it could even be like in a movie, like, is there anybody to which that you would aspire? <sighs> I mean, I have some very, like I have best friends in my life where I really admire the way they do relationship. And when I observe them on a practical level and an energetic level, there is a real sense of autonomy and they're not threatened by the other partner's autonomy. So they will create space for the other person to be who they are with total freedom of expression and doing things on their own time with their own friends and it's not a threat to them. And I think that there's an ingredient in um, a little bit of separateness that allows more balance and harmony and health as a team to operate as a team. So, I mean, that's, there's some, some people in my life where I can see what works and what doesn't for them at least, but any relationship I've seen that is based on codependency turns toxic and someone's completely disabling themselves and then, it just doesn't end well ever. So I'm a real believer that two holes, you know, two half holes, you know what I mean? Like two people who are whole coming together is the true um, formula for nourishment, flourishing in the world, finding your soul mission, feeling supported and just sustainable love, sustainable relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That does make sense. Yeah. Codependency is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. There's a, there is a uh, couple that I don't know personally, but I like am fascinated by their relationship and I absolutely look up to their relationship. I'm like just completely fascinated by them. It's actually somebody that we've had on our podcast before and it's uh, Sarah Sophia. I Eisenman. thought you were going to say her. <laughs> if you guys don't follow her on Facebook, it's just some righteous like stuff that she comes out with. But um, I love the, like their relationship, you know, and I'm sure that I don't know everything about it. And I'm sure there's things about it that are not so awesome if you really like whatever. But just from my perspective, I just love how, how they're so willing to break the, the, the mold 
of anything that's expected to come up with new and fresh ways to express their love and their their joint soul mission. Um, I just think it's so in- inspiring and so beautiful. So if you want to check that out, um, they both have like just like straight up like white gray hair and like they're just like they're glowing. Oh, they're so cool. I, I, they're yeah, that's what love does. So, yeah, check when you embody love at that level, you literally DH. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's it's you serum. Yeah. You're just glowing from the inside out. It's infectious. That is the recipe. Um, let's end on declaring what we want to move into in order to attain more of the nourishment and flourishing of our partners and ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, like, it's pretty obvious, like, even when you just asked me that, like, I need to move into, um, really speaking my needs, like knowing my needs and speaking them and requesting them clearly. And I think that to help Jesse, what I would like to do is I would like to contribute more financially to our family because I think that would take a lot of pressure off of him and then he'd be able to sort of pursue what he truly desires if he didn't have so much financial pressure on him. So that is what I'm hoping to contribute and uh what i'm hoping to receive mm-hmm. beautiful i can see that and how how about you amber um i think that i'm going to continue i this is my declaration so i declare that i'm going to continue to create a really encouraging space where carrie can explore more creative soul driven endeavors on the regular so he just feels more inspired and supported in that way I also would like to stop spinning the wheels on so many elements that are creative endeavors, but work out a way of how to create an equal balance between outgoing and incoming with energy in exchange for money. So I'd like to contribute as well more to our household. And yeah, be the activist for balance when I feel like he can't. So take the reins and scheduling in more nature adventures, more romantic surprises, just initiate things that I know are going to f- inspire him and fill him up and myself as well. So fantastical. Everyone wants to be your husband right now. <laughs> well, you know, things could open up. Polygamy is all the no. rave right now. No, gosh, no, gosh, no. I know, I know. No, it kind of is in New York, though. It's pretty funny. I'm hearing all kinds of stories. Uh, I mean, like polygamy or polyamory? Oh, uh, wait, what's the difference again? Which is the one we have many wives and many. Well, many, no, wi- many relationships. Many, wives be, many relationships is polyamory, but many, like actually being married to multiple wives and then they're like sister wives with each other is um, poly, pol- polygamy. Po- polygamy is. Th- Polygamy. Okay, so cancel clear the polygamy because it's all about like equal, balanced male female rights in the world. I guess what I'm talking about is open polyamory. polyamory, That's right. Yeah. Jenna's my nice little human dictionary. I'm not into polyamory for the record at all because I just don't feel it. I've spoken to just say it doesn't work, but it's probably a fun box to tick at some point. Um, okay. So invitation, what is one step you can take to supporting your partner's soul mission in the world? And I want to add to that. What is one request you can make to your partner to ensure that you are supported on your soul mission? 
report back to us. Amazing. Report Let back, people. Know. Good luck. Good luck out there. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. I hope you found it very entertaining, yet insightful and nourishing. And if you did like today's episode, we would love for you to share it on iTunes, leave us a review, share this with the family and friends as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be on iTunes. It could be on Instagram. But And report back to us, like be in touch. Tell us what you think and send us um, some topics that you maybe want to you want us to cover. Anything else, Jenna? Nope. Have a great day, guys. Talk to you See next you week. See you next week. Lots of love. Bye.